Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. everybody. This is Tara Lynn and I have a facepalm this morning. <sighs> you guys know that Wednesday mornings is when we record at 5 30 in the morning and Tuesday nights are my latest night of the week. So I'm always coming into this with my least amount of sleep of the week. But last night, oh, my four-year-old was up. I'm talking so much in the night with like having, I think, nightmares. I'm not sure. It was very sad. Like he was just sad and crying and like moving around all the time and I tried it in his bed. Anyway, I tried snuggling with him in his bed then just brought him down to our room and anyway, it was one of those nights where I'm not kidding, it's like three in the morning and you're like, can I just, just be end. over? Like, let's just <laughs> go, re- now. let's go record the podcast <laughs> right now. <laughs> so, kind of, I'm feeling a little whiny but um, that is my facepalm, that nightmares. I just, I'm, I'm grateful that they uh, don't happen often but I don't know what was going on. You just realized what's going on. I think I just realized. Did you guys watch a spooky show? We didn't, but we've been doing a lot of, like, Halloween, like, spooky stuff lately, mm. and my older kids love it. I mean, it's not, like, scary, scary, but um, but maybe maybe that's just kind of rubbed off a little bit. Yeah. And maybe it's... Did you do the witch's dinner? Is we did the witch's scared? dinner last night, mm-hmm. and I was a cackling kind of scary witch. Oh. Well, so maybe that's maybe that. Liam's just like thinking yeah. about you. <laughs> maybe, maybe I got into character a little bit too much. That's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. Oh well, I'm sorry. That is not fun. Um, mine is this is Caitlin. Mine is a high five, and I so I feel like I've actually made a few really good things this week like cooked mm-hmm. cooking wise mm. I'm gonna just name two of them but they were so good one of them so I love squash um I told I was telling Felicia and I think you this Sterling but I I always kind of have a hard time like knowing what to do with squash because I always think of it as a side and sometimes it doesn't go with just anything mm. but Felicia did you just make up those recipes or did you read them somewhere I'm yeah, I just made up the acorn squash oh, one. Okay, well, so it was so good. It was so good. Felicia just conjured up this amazing <laughs> recipe, which this is not the first time she's done this. And it was and so good. And she wrote it down, Mom. Yeah. She wrote, wrote it, it down. down. Yeah, Recorded. That's true. That's true. My I, mom, yeah. she's always like, did you write this down? Because we can't mimic it unless you write it down, okay? Because Felicia doesn't write it down. And then she doesn't remember them. So it actually is good when she's written yeah. them down because I still – anyway, so long story <laughs> short, back to the, the squash. <laughs> I I had some squash. She made this thing, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I really want the recipe. But it is so good. It's like Thanksgiving in mm. one dish. Mm-hmm. It's so good because, like, the squash is the main thing. So you, like, make the squash and you put all the stuff on top. Anyway, it is so good. And when I was making it and when we were eating it, I mean – Cameron and my baby are both, like, not picky eaters at all. They like everything. But I feel like all of us were just, like, the whole time, like, mm, oh, this is so good. Oh, my gosh, this is so good. So, anyway, so that was awesome. I'll put the recipe in the email yes. if you're interested. Yes. It was so good. And then the other one that I – and she actually had two squash recipes that were amazing. But, oh, anyway, it was very good. And then the other thing that I made was this banana pudding from – 
the Magnolia, um, like Chip and Joanna Gaines, that Magnolia mm. Bakery, or not Bakery, mm. Magnolia Recipe. But Which is that cookbook I love. It's really good. But I just made their banana pudding, and it's really yummy. And it's actually very easy. So mm. anyway, that was okay. a, also a high five for me. Good, mm. good cooking week this week. Mm. That's... Every time I have a good week, I just want to, like, pat myself on the back for meal planning and yes. cookies. I, know. I just want to tell people. Yes. I know. So, <laughs> gold stars, please. I know. I, All around. Well. I have I've done cooked it. every night. Fall and is yeah, my favorite time. time to cook. Because it's, like, it starts to get kind of cold. I feel like during the summer, I just kind of, like, ride it off altogether. So, fall, I kind of pick up. I pick up my mantle again yes. to cook. Yes. And I'm, like, ready to go. I'm excited. So. It's true. All right. I have a high five. And that is to, I guess... Our episode on traditions, really, because it reignited my excitement for the holidays, which is the only thing that gets me through winter. I'm going to be honest. I'm not a winter gal. <laughs> and so, as soon as New Year's Day ends, I'm like, no. All right. What time is it? <laughs> two months of, in Utah at least, two to three more months of pretty bitter weather. Yeah. So, high five to traditions. The, we did our witches' dinner on Monday. Some of you guys have been sharing your witch's dinner and what you're doing with us on social media, which I'm loving. It's just so fun. It is fun. It really is fun mm-hmm. about this time of the year that can kind of dull out the weather annoyance. So we want to give a shout out to our sponsors real quick. Our first sponsor this week is Parasol, the diaper subscription. We mentioned them last week. Um, I wanted to tell you guys about their wipes this week. They are very durable, which is huge for me mm-hmm. with wipes. Yeah. I hate flimsy wipes. I also do not like when you pull one wipe out and the rest starts mm. just keep oh, coming, coming, yeah. coming. Because you only have one hand me. to pull it out. Yes. You're wrangling the child. Exactly. With the other hand, so and I don't know if any moms can relate to the grab the wipe and then like shake it really hard yeah, mm-hmm. to get the whole bag disconnected. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. also those that are mm-hmm. annoying. Yeah. So I feel like Paracel does neither of those. They're strong. They are unscented, hypoallergenic, water-based, all the things that are good for our baby's bums, but they actually do clean. So they're great for sensitive skin, but I feel like they do a really great job cleaning, and they come with your subscription with the diapers. You don't have Mm. to do them separate, and I feel like it's the right amount for the amount of diapers. I don't know how they figured that out. Some sort of magical (laughs) way. So we're loving those, and we have a code for Parasol for... 20% 20% off your first subscription that is Find the Magic. Yep. And their website is parasolco.com. So yes, last week we said parasol.com, which mm-hmm. who even remembers URLs and types them in, right? We'll link it for you. Yeah. Take that true. off your brain. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, take it out of your brain. Um, I also want to say, because I've been using the wipes, and um, I really love them. Because I think sometimes I've had wipes, too, where they like leave almost like a little a lint. Little, oh, yeah. Have you had that? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've had that before, and... I just wasn't sure because I, anyway, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about the wipes, but I love them. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. So, mm-hmm. yep, I love I it. Um, our other sponsor is Blue Blocks. Um, as some of you guys remember, we did an episode w- with them a couple of weeks ago, and I actually just got my Lumi light bulbs, which is their specific light bulb that they have. So they have two different kinds. There's a red. There's one that's like a full red. And then there's one that's, it's called the Summer Glow, and it's kind of more of an orangey light. And I just barely installed them. So that's been really fun because it's nice because you can kind of strategically place them in your house. Like mm-hmm. I have them in my bathroom, which is nice because at night when you are getting ready and stuff, it's nice to be able to take out all mm-hmm. that blue light. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just feels good. So um, 
We also have a code with them. If you use Find the Magic, um, you'll get 15% off. And they have glasses that can help block blue light. They've got their light bulbs. They've got a lot of really awesome products that are just great. And and as we talked about before, it can just really affect our overall health mm-hmm. um, just by improving our light hygiene. And if you're having trouble sleeping, I would say start. Look at your light hygiene. Mm-hmm. It really can be game changer. Yeah, it's low-hanging fruit. And their website is blueblocks.com, which is B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. Today, we are going to be talking about a subject that is so near and dear to each of our hearts. We've talked about raising boys a few times, and because all three of us are women, it's kind of like this world of, <laughs> you know, that we don't have personal experience with because we're, we weren't boys as children, right? So, um, but now that we're raising boys, it was, it's an area of interest. Today, we're going to be talking about girls and raising girls. And this one is so, oh my goodness, it kind of makes me get teary-eyed thinking about because as girls, we all have experienced what it's like to be a girl in our society. The great things about it that are amazing and the parts that are hard. So today we're gonna be talking about that, talking about how to help our daughters thrive in the ways that they can in the amazing time that we live, they do have a lot of great opportunity. And at the same time, talking about what we can do to help temper those pieces of society that aren't feeding our girls things that will serve them and what we can do as parents to kind of be the antidote to those negative messages. And when I came to social media and asked you guys if you had any questions about raising daughters, I would say the overarching theme from most of you um, were questions about teaching that she is more than pretty, instilling good body image and self-worth in the media. Um, those are those are the big themes. And so I would say that would be our focus today is teaching about how we can instill that really in our daughters because it really is overwhelming how um, the media portrays women and after discussing and thinking about it how really at least I've internalized and subconsciously we we do put a lot of our value on how we look and I think it is something you have to intentionally chip away at because mm-hmm. I think we all have that inside of us a little bit um, and so I think the first Really, the first thing is from when they are just little babies and toddlers and little kids, teaching them to know their value is in um, all the things that they do and in their brain and in their strong bodies and their abilities, their character, and not just in how they look. It's so easy to praise how our kids look, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and which which I don't Mm -hmm. think it is... um, we're talking about how there's sort of a, a different feeling. Um, we're talking about, oh, but it's, it is like your kids are just so cute. You just want to eat them. Mm-hmm. And I think that feels a lot different that like motherly, snuggly and like delicious, like you're just, I could just eat your cheeks is a lot different than um, your legs are so like thin mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they look really nice in those new jeans. I feel yeah. like it's like a, a lot different. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think oftentimes we focus on that with girls. Yeah. Yeah. And how we talk. For me, there's a big difference between, oh my goodness, you're so cute to a little mm-hmm. toddler. Mm-hmm. When I'm, when I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm nibbling mm-hmm. on them. Versus, uh, especially when you're talking to somebody else in front of your kids about them. That to me is a really important narrative. So if my daughter or son, but you know, we're, since we're talking about girls, this comes up a lot with toddler girls. I mean, we're tiny. How often do you just sit there and be like, oh my gosh, look at her eyelashes, look at the dress. And then as you're talking to this other adult, right, that all you're pointing out is just physical characteristics. Mm-hmm. So again, we're not saying don't mention physical characteristics. In fact, for me, I think that something I love that my parents did, I felt like they thought I was beautiful, but it was like a... All like, encompassing. But it was like an after effect almost. Like, that's not the most important mm-hmm. thing. It's more just like a accept it. So I never, growing up, I liked, I actually loved it because I felt confident. I felt like, yeah, beauty, there is power that comes from beauty. and But I didn't have to worry about being beautiful. I was just like a, yeah. I accepted, This is as I'm saying this, this is sounding so egotistical. I'm not meaning to sound egotistical. But like, I wasn't worried. I felt like my parents were like, yeah, of course you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. But that's not what's the, like, because the things they talked about the most were the things that were on the inside of me. Mm-hmm. My heart, my mind, the value that I had inside of me, mm-hmm. that outward beauty is just like a, a side dish, mm-hmm. right? Like, it isn't mm-hmm. something you need to obsess over because it's not the most important thing, nor do you need to think that it isn't even a thing at all. Because I think sometimes if we just, like, just I'm head. never going to mention ever any outward characteristic then you almost go too far and like right. you never even learn to harness mm-hmm. there that there is some power there right you yeah. know what I mean so I like it as a I think maybe a side dish is the way to put it but like just a, a side dish that's just there you know what mm-hmm. I mean it's just mm-hmm. accepted you're beautiful mm-hmm. yeah but because of the words that I'm using with my children I want them not because I'm gonna say uh, you're beautiful, but it's not, you know, it's not the most important thing <laughs> all the time, right? But if you add up my words, the things I'm telling them, I want it to be 95% of the things I'm telling them is about stuff that's on the inside of them. Right. And when we talk about body and their bodies, or my body, frankly, I think a lot of times we think, and this is with everything, guys. I mean, how often do we say this over and over and over and research? I mean, Brene Brown says this, that we cannot give something to our children that we don't have. Mm-hmm. Uncon- whether that's unconditional love, treating them without shame. We can't do that if we're not doing it to ourselves. And to me, this body image thing hits home for a lot of people because how can we teach our kids something that we haven't figured out ourselves? Mm-hmm. So to me, it's the same thing <clears throat> of I want, going back to the words, 95% of my words, I want to be about what's on the inside of my kids. And I want them to hear me saying the same thing about myself, right? right. I am proud that I worked hard at this thing and I finished it and I used grit, right? Like I want them to hear me saying that about myself just as much as I'm also so proud of myself. And when I talk about my body, I want them to hear me saying things like, the idea here is we're looking at our body as an instrument, not an ornament. So if you kind of think that as a motto, our bodies are a part of us. So again, it isn't like we're just ignoring the conversation. We're having the conversation, but it's as an instrument, not an ornament. So I want my kids to hear me saying things like, I have been working on pull-ups now for a year, 
and I am amazed that my body through practice, I can now lift myself and do, you know, seven pull-ups. Like, isn't that, I am, and I am, I'm proud of that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But not constantly like, oh my, look at this definition. Like, Mm -hmm. because if I'm talking about just the way I look, I'm emphasizing that the purpose of my body is as an ornament and how other people see me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I'm looking at it as an instrument that this is amazing. I mean, even I can, I ran a marathon a few years ago and frankly, my body blew me away. That's something that I don't even, I mean, I don't even, I don't run. Like I'm not like a runner. <laughs> I don't necessarily enjoy running, but it was a goal that I had. And I realized that anything we train for like our bodies can adapt to a lot of things we didn't Mm -hmm. and get strength that we didn't expect I mean just watching three miles makes you sore and then later three miles is easy you Mm -hmm. know it's just crazy Mm -hmm. that if we can show our kids that our bodies are this amazing tool that we can use to experience life with and if we can just stop being so hung up on only the way it looks but focus on the way it feels how does food feel inside of us how does our muscles feel when we use them? Yeah. How does when we breathe in air, are we appreciating our amazing lungs? All those kinds of things. that We have this whole world of pleasure and joy and accomplishment and pushing through discomfort in a positive, loving way, not in a push-through pain way. Those are two different things. But we have this whole thing, this whole like world of lessons we can learn from our bodies ourselves. And I think if we can model that to our kids, specifically to our daughters who are being told on a daily basis from just still pictures as we drive past them on the freeway to moving pictures on social media and what they're getting from school. I mean, they're going to hear girls saying things like, I guys, I just heard, oh my gosh, I just heard this week, a little 11 year old girl. It makes me want to cry. She said to me, she, she's like, Terlyn, I just gained four pounds. And she was like sad. And I'm she's eleven, guys. Like she's still growing. She she's like four She should be gaining. She's like four and a half feet tall, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, I like pull their aside and we have this conversation about it, but they are getting the message at a super young age that growing isn't okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's a shame. So I think we have this amazing, amazing opportunity as mothers. And as women to girls who aren't our children to say that, yes, our bodies are amazing, but that as we love our bodies and take care of them from a space of respect, not because of just the way they look, but it's actually, what are we doing on the inside? And then I think anything you do in the, anything they do in the future, if they're approaching their body from that space Mm -hmm. of, I respect this amazing tool that I have, not I'm so sad that I gained four pounds because I'm growing mm-hmm. or beating themselves up or even change in our body in general. I mean, mm-hmm. we have babies. Our right, bodies right. change. My body's changed in hundreds of ways. And some of them look good and some of them don't look good. Mm-hmm. But guess what? They're all part of mm-hmm. the body. The only body that I have is this one. And I think if we can look at it from a space of gratitude, it, I think it just all comes back to how are we talking about ourselves how we're talking to our kids, what percentage of words are we using comes back to what's on the inside of us. And when we're talking about the outside of us, are we talking about it from a space of respect and what our bodies can do? Not. And even from a food standpoint, um, I mean, there's been so much research out about this, but like if you're constantly 
treating food like a enemy in front of your children, right? Like shaming, like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that Butterfinger. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. I, I'm going to gain 10 pounds from this or whatever. Mm-hmm. I really firmly believe that when we treat food like an enemy, that it acts like one. Right. Totally. But food is our friend. Right. And, and I think that as we come from a space of modeling that, this healthy relationship, that the whole point of us eating this kale in our smoothie mm-hmm. is because we love our body, not because we're trying to force it to look a certain way. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think it comes down to like the over, because just as you said, from the world, there is such an overemphasis on our outward appearance. There just is. And we get we get it from everywhere, and our kids are definitely seeing it. And so I think it is important that from us, they're getting the majority is about you as a person, who you are. But I also think it's important to, um, to yeah, recognize that our bodies are this beautiful, amazing instrument. And I love that metaphor of, like, the, it's an instrument rather than an ornament. Um, because I think there's certain things that we do for an instrument we still take care of an instrument we do things to make it say a violin you do things to polish it you do things to make it look good so that it sounds good um not just so that you can look at it and a violin is beautiful right you accept its beauty because it is right not because it's its most important feature though exactly and so i love that metaphor because i think it's kind of a i for me it's a really good way to think of our bodies it's not that we just take care of them so that they can be looked at mm-hmm. and be praised because of what they're looked at. They have so much worth beyond that. And so I love, that's like kind of a good thing. I, I really like thinking of it in that way. And I do think it's just so interesting because I have a lot of, I actually have a lot of really close friends who have really struggled with eating disorders and all sorts of different kinds of them. And mm-hmm. I think, um, obviously it's such a complex issue and I think it's different for every person and there's so much that goes into it. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, talking to some of these close friends, a common denominator that I felt as I've listened to them is how body image was talked about in their home and how outward appearance maybe was focused on or overemphasized. And so I think it is just something that as mothers and as parents to just be aware of, how are we talking about our own bodies? Are we talking about it as like a gift and from a place of gratitude? And and if you don't feel this naturally, it's okay because it. I think, again, we are so programmed to... Mm-hmm. We want our bodies to look like this and we want to do this. But I think it's starting and being aware, What like, how do I see my own body? Okay, what am I saying either in my own mind, even if I'm not saying it out loud? Um, and then from there, like, yeah, what am I saying is a lot of what I'm saying about my kids? Is it about outward appearance, even about other people? Because I think it is kind of interesting. Me and Cam, a couple years ago, we... We like tried this thing. I don't even, I didn't even think that we talked about like outward appearances a lot, but like we just made a goal one time that was like, okay, for a whole month, we're just not going to like say anything about any, like any outward appearance of anything. And it's kind of crazy how you almost realize how often you do it. And it wasn't even like we were saying like, oh, look at that person. It was more just like, oh, they easy. have like, nice hair. Yeah. Like, it's not even like that they're bad things, yeah. but it was more just a good mm-hmm. thing to realize, become aware of how much we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it makes sense like that we see people's outward appearances all the time. So I think it's easy to, but I think that is something that was actually kind of helpful for me. I was like, wow, I I didn't realize how much we think about it. And I think even just, it's an interesting goal if you are interested in doing it to just even become aware of like how much you, th- you think about it without mm. even knowing. 
I love, I, when you said that, I think Jeff and I tried that a few years ago, and this is making me want to do it maybe again. Maybe that's where I got I know. I feel like we did, too. It must have been a few. Yeah, maybe. we did. I definitely heard about it in a podcast of, like, trying something for 30 days, uh, and I think maybe I'd heard you say that, and I was like, oh, let me try that. And it was, it was yeah. very interesting. It was and if good... I remember right, the, the magic that comes from this exercise of just trying not to comment on people's outward appearance for a month is it makes you look harder. Mm-hmm. Like you have to look deeper. You have to look into people's eyes and see what they're feeling. And and it's just a good, it's kind of like anytime you're actually just noticing what you're doing. Sometimes it's alarming actually. Be like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, do I mm-hmm. only make comments about how people look? Because mm-hmm. when you're paying attention to it, you realize how much you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So wow, I actually really like that idea. Because our parents, I mean, our kids do hear us. If we're at a park and we say something negative about somebody else and how they look, they're going to hear that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can hear in my mind some of you thinking right now, okay, well, what if I have a terrible relationship with my own body? Where do we go from here? Yeah, it's easy to like hear this conversation and think, okay, well, great. So I don't have a relationship with my body. Where do we go? So here's a couple of tools just to throw out. And we'll, we'll keep throwing out tools throughout this episode and you take what you think will serve you, okay? One, Kaylin mentioned eating disorders. Uh, somebody who we both love so much almost died from an eating disorder a few years ago. And I remember asking her, okay, as a mom, you know, my girls were tiny. And I was like, what can I do? I don't even understand. Like, I have never experienced this. Help me learn through your experience. Is there anything I can do as a mother to help my daughters uh, navigate this world and hopefully avoid an eating disorder? And she said to read Intuitive Eating. Uh, which we will link, and we've talked about intuitive eating a lot, actually. We have an episode on this Yeah, book. we have an entire episode mm-hmm. about intuitive eating, So, but we'll link it in the show notes as well. But it's such a good, if you're like, I don't even know where to start here with my relationship with food and how to have it be healthy, it is the best book I've ever read about. Actually, when I read it, I thought, this is how my mom taught me. I never knew how to articulate it. Like when my husband would ask me, he's like, I don't even get it. What do you mean? Be mindful and enjoy your food? What? How is that a tactic? <laughs> you know? Because like we'll talk about stuff and he's like, how are you staying healthy? And, you know, and he was kind of like having a struggle with going up and down. I'm like, I don't know. This is what I do. And he's like, that doesn't sound like a tactic to me. Mm-hmm. But if you read this book, it actually is a tactic. Yeah. And I'm like, this is how my To my trust mom, our bodies. Yeah. It's just yeah. a matter of trusting. You trust and you honor your own hunger and you honor your own satisfaction as well and mindfulness and it's a really beautiful approach to food mm-hmm. but it's how my mom without reading the book uh, it's how my mom raised me which i'm so grateful for and so if you're thinking okay hold on i wasn't raised like that it's a great place to start the second place the second tool i would say is um journal down like if you're thinking oh my goodness this is like i i'm not feeling this Try writing down your thoughts about your own body. So I feel like food is my enemy. I can't control myself. Um, you know, my weight is too le- too little or too much. I don't know. I don't know whatever you're saying to yourself. But you just write down. So just write the statements that you're saying to yourself. And then the power with thought work, it's amazing. You can't force yourself to think anything, right? Thoughts just come. But when you become aware of them and you realize that your thoughts are not you, you get that space. It's like stepping back and seeing them clearly. And then you try on new thoughts. So you'll write something like food is valuable to me. Mm-hmm. Food gives my body 
help fuel fuel yeah. whatever so you write like so you'll write next to your negative thought a positive one and then you just try it on guys it's so cool you just try on the thought and you think to yourself this is coming from byron katie but you say to yourself who would i be if i couldn't have this negative thought and you just try on that feeling like if i couldn't think that there's something wrong with my body if i could only think that my body is just the way it should be because it's mine how would that feel and you just like try on the feeling so mm-hmm. the cool thing when you try on thoughts you feel the feeling and your brain starts connecting. Wait, hold on. I like that feeling. Yeah. I think I'm going to try thinking that thought. So it's just awareness by journaling it down, trying on a new thought and trying on the feeling. What if I couldn't think the negative thought and could only think the positive one? And it's not a forceful thing. This is like a curiosity thing. Yeah. And it's And I think, and one of the questions that she says to ask yourself, there's a few, I mean, and her book is amazing and there's a few different things, but one of the questions that you can ask yourself is, is this thought as true or truer than the other thought? And sometimes you might try on a thought that it's like, no, I don't think that's true. Like, but sometimes you're like, no, that could be just as true, if not truer. Like, that might be true. So I think the cool thing is is that it's like, we all tell our, we're constantly telling our ourselves thoughts all the time. And it's the fact that like, that could be true but also there are other thoughts that could be just as true if not more true Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of it is very liberating and so it sounds very sometimes it sounds almost very simple but it is crazy that sometimes you can try on a different thought and be like no that like that's true and i i can take on this thought and help it be myself her book is called loving what is we'll also link it but yeah it's joyous i love saying to myself consider the possibility that this could also be truth yeah Mm-hmm. Or just asking yourself, is it true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Because sometimes you can even be like, that's actually not true. Like mm-hmm. this whole thought that I've been telling myself. It's like that your body is, you know, if you're telling yourself that your body is, you know, a right. detriment to yourself, it's like, is that true? And when you really think about it, it's like, actually, maybe it's not. Anyway, mm-hmm. so it can be great. Yeah. I also think that looks um, themselves are such a limiting way to look at ourselves, um, our value. If If that's what we're putting our value on, like we said, it's, maybe a sprinkling on the top or a side dish. It's so limiting. And when I got thinking about this, I thought about, you know, we're um, going to be talking to a sex therapist coming up here in a couple um, episodes. But I think of, as women, a lot of us have this, like we feel a little inhibited with our bodies and our sexualities. And I think it's all tied back to this feeling we've limited ourselves to these ideals that change constantly throughout centuries. So it's really quite weird that we limit them. Right. <laughs> the ideal of beauty, if you look at like art from centuries past, it is not the same ideal. Exactly. Their bodies were totally different, but that was what was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So it's literally just what's in style and we're trying to shape right. our bodies to be what's in style. And right. even, even now in different parts of the world, like even now, right. you like look at different parts of the world and I think we could be like, oh, that's interesting that they really like, you know, like the rings on your neck thing? That oh, they, like, yes. Do uh-huh. There's like certain things where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, for them that's beautiful. But for us, we're like, that's so weird. That right. doesn't seem very healthy. But then right. you could look at many things that we do in our culture and it's like, oh, that's oh, really that's not, healthy. not healthy. And why do we do that? Right. Like, it's, right. Like, anyway. it's, it's just so limited. I think it prevents us from feeling our bodies and being fully like human mm-hmm. and right. free and mm-hmm. acknowledging all of our contributions, valuing mm-hmm. ourselves for those. And then we're in this little, again, like the cage thing where people aren't seeing our true our true beauty because it's not just looks that's just like a little tiny thing on the mm-hmm. side yeah. and it's so limited mm-hmm. and then we again are inhibited because if our body is not exactly what this random ideal that somebody else is telling us if they're not looking like that then we aren't feeling confident in them and allowing ourselves to fully enjoy 
the pleasures of the body that we do have. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because in sexuality, part of it is you are sharing your body with somebody right. else. And if you don't feel like there's value or if you're not happy with mm-hmm. how you're looking, mm-hmm. it's difficult to share that. Right. Instead of just accepting this is the body that I have and whatever it looks like, mm-hmm. I can feel mm-hmm. this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And there's beauty in the sharing of it. Right. You're right. Those two are totally connected. That's a beautiful way to look at it. Which is, it is freeing though if you can recognize it. At least to me, when I first thought about that, I thought, oh, I can find value in other places and acknowledge my human. I mean, there's so many things with being human and a woman from periods and birth and you know, messy hair and we all smell bad sometimes. And I feel like all those things are portrayed as, as wrong. Like that's not the ideal. But if we can embrace being human, I think we can relax and share and be more open. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to our, if we're looking at our daughters and, and how we can help them um, have a stronger um, body image that's not just connected to looks, um, I think if we can focus on empowering them to grow and to be strong, this is something that I've noticed with my boys, mm. um, that, is a, that is a repeated narrative that we tell boys, <laughs> you know, like, yes, eat this, it'll make you grow stronger and bigger and you'll be able to jump higher. And I don't know necessarily if we subconsciously always give that same message to girls. And it sounds like the little girl that you just talked to, she had subconsciously gotten the message that she shouldn't grow and become stronger, even though mm-hmm. she probably is going to double in her size. And right. she should. Right. Like, her body is still growing. Um, I think that's really a disservice to our girls because we we all, we should love that our, about our bodies, that they can grow and get stronger. And in... So Glennon Doyle, both of her books, Love Warrior and Untamed, she talks about feeling the pressure to mm. almost disappear. Mm-hmm. To like, stay small. Yes, mm-hmm. stay small. Live Become small, thinner and thinner. Live small, be small, mm-hmm. act small, mm-hmm. all of it small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a message that our culture can give us as women. So if you can um, buck that message with your daughters, encourage them to play, become stronger, to grow, I think that can really be helpful. Have you guys seen the uh, research thing where they had girls come in and they'd say, run like a girl? And little girls run, like, when they're just, you know, running Uh in place. And they look like they're trying hard. Like, they're, like, Mm -hmm. running really fast. And they have boys and girls do this. And it's so sweet and so innocent. And then around the age of 10, both boys and girls somehow switch to, when you say run like a girl, they start like flailing their arms or like throw like a girl and they like throw it all funny. Mm-hmm. And so something mm-hmm. happens around the age of 10 where somehow our girls and our boys are not getting the message that girls can be mm-hmm. strong and powerful in their own way. And I'm not saying the boys and girls are the same. I'm saying that we can still step into our own power as girls and that we shouldn't be ashamed of our own strength right. mm-hmm. and that running like a girl should be Powerful. running our best, right. right? Not staying small because mm-hmm. it's not feminine enough. Right. And one of my best friends growing up, apparently this is a very emotional subject for me because this is the <laughs> second time I'm crying in this episode. One of my best friends growing up was uh, not a very feminine girl. Like, I don't know if the term is acceptable now, but when we were kids, like she'd always say that she was a tomboy. Mm-hmm. She'd like say it herself. 
and I mean she like walked different than all the other girls and she was so athletic and so good but something I loved about her is that she like never didn't like it like she was like I love it that I can run as fast as the boys and she could she was really good at soccer and I I think of like what a shame it would have been had her parents or she was just kind of impermeable I feel like to most people's <laughs> opinions of her <laughs> like she was just like one of those free spirits that just like lives I love that. how she wanted her name was Lindsay and anyway uh but I think of like what a shame had she gotten that message as a little girl that like you should be walking more femininely or you shouldn't run so fast or mm-hmm. or be so strong mm-hmm. and it would have been a shame because who she was was just perfect so I don't know I think that I think again as parents we have we may not be able to change the world's messages but we can sure change it in our own house right that yeah, you can be powerful and you can be whatever you are. And if you walk super feminine, like with a sway in your hips, great. And if you mm-hmm. walk kind of with a strut, mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's how you walk, that's great too. Mm-hmm. But I think one, it's my new favorite poem, but it's like my theme now. And Kaylin keeps like <laughs> saying it to me. Um, it's from Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. And it says, it's from a poem by Hafiz. And we'll talk about it in a different episode deeper. But the whole point of this poem is called Dropping Keys. And if we're living our lives, make, are we making cages for people or are we freeing people? And I think this totally approaches, mm-hmm. this totally is how I think of when I think of my daughters. I want them to live free. Mm-hmm. Like, can we just free them from all these cages that we're putting around them mm-hmm. all the time? Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is just accepting who they are and letting them know that we see them. Like, we see the inside of them and we value that and that's what we're talking about mm-hmm. is the love that we have for them inside whoever they are and all the other stuff the outward stuff it is a side dish right, right? and and I think again I'm going to reemphasize here when we are talking to other adults this is the time I hear it the very most I hear parents say stuff to their kids like oh, you know, you've lost some weight or whatever. I hear them say that, and yeah, it's kind of cringy. But I hear it way more parents talking to other adults in front of their children about their kids' Mm -hmm. looks. Like, oh, yeah, she changed the way she ate, and look at her now. I mean, look at that. Look at her waist. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you hear that all the time? Mm -hmm. Like, I hear that way more Mm -hmm. than parents just saying it directly to their kids. Yeah. So I think even when our kids are toddlers, and I'm not talking just body issue, body image issues here. This applies to when our toddlers are little, when we're talking to other adults, they hear Mm -hmm. what we're saying about them. Are we saying things like, this is my difficult child. How often Mm -hmm. do you hear that, right? Right. This is my difficult child right here. You know, yeah, he's just so strong-willed. I mean, what your child is hearing is, I am not okay who I am, Mm -hmm. and I'm difficult, right? Right. Who I am is too much, Mm -hmm. right? So I think anytime... Whatever we're talking about, let's just all be mindful. When we're talking to other adults in front of our kids about our kids, mm-hmm. what messages are we sending them? Totally. I uh, I really loved, I think, like with the daughters thing, um, I think you you had a quote just recently that, that I really liked that you said something like, oh, it really like hit home for me. That it was the, that we tell girls, oh, just basically the idea of it is like that we tell girls like, that they're to be looked at. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Anyway, and I really liked it because I think sometimes we don't, like, 
we don't really put that on boys, like we said, mm-hmm. as much. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, that's not to say never, but not as much. And I think it's interesting because I think as girls, as you grow up and as you, like, as you get older, you do pay attention to how other people see you. And I think that sometimes that can be a good thing. Like, you maybe see the power and, like, maybe how you look. But also I think it can be a detriment as well. And, again, I think as parents we have the ability to be aware of our narrative and kind of what we're saying. And I think this is just what I think. And like seeing little girls in my life and then being a little girl growing up, I think it's easy to see like, um, I think like naturally as women, we're really able, and Jennifer Finlayson Fife says this, but we're really able to see, like we're very in tune to other people's needs Mm -hmm. and also in tune to like how how other people are maybe acting. I think it's like a, it's a gift. Mm that women and girls I think that we have but I think sometimes like it's very easy for girls to like see like oh I'm I'm getting value or worth from how I look and how I'm how I'm acting maybe that I'm being more feminine or more this or more this and it can be easy I think as as we grow up to try and fit into that and so I think anyway I just really liked the like if we are telling our girls that like yeah this this and this that like how they look is so important I don't know. It it just I love this. Yeah, if you can read it. I so okay. So the quote she's talking about is from Beauty Redefined, which they are on Instagram. They also have a book that's really great that we can link. It's called More Than a Body, and they're two uh, PhDs who have spent a lot of time researching this concept that we're talking about. So this quote is from them. It says, "Girls learn the most beautiful thing about themselves is oh sorry." Girls learn that the most important thing about themselves is how they look. I would add there, I put in beautiful subconsciously because there is much more to beauty than what's on the outside, right? The true beauty is mm-hmm. so deep. Boys learn that the most important thing about girls is how they look. Girls look at themselves. Boys look at girls. Girls are held responsible for boys looking. Girls change how they look. Boys keep looking. The problem isn't how girls look. The problem is how everyone looks at girls. Solve the problem by teaching everyone that girls don't exist to be looked at. Yeah. That just like boys, there's the outside of us, and there's the whole, the surface, and then there's way more inside. Like, I mean, I think you're, I think it's, again, kind of naive to say that we just don't notice outside at all, right? Because, of Mm -hmm. course, that's how we see with our eyes. Mm -hmm. But I think... Is there a way to, starting with ourselves and then the way we talk, is there a way to get across to our kids that 99% of the beauty of people is something you can't even see? Right. I just had this big epiphany that's kind of spooking me out (laughs) (laughs) that I'm sure many people have thought of, but as we're talking about this and we we wanted to bring up... um, why social media exacerbates this. And if you think about social media, there are no, well, if there are, there are very few, and I haven't heard of them, and if you know them, send them to me. Male influencers talking about makeup and clothes and presenting themselves for their looks. That -hmm. is the whole point of social media and the point of... I'm not saying anything is wrong with They'll these They'll show their muscles because they're strong. Right. right. And their fitness workouts. Right. right. I, and their hikes like and that. Their, yeah. their moose that they shot. <laughs> their activities. <laughs> yeah, their activities. Their activities. <laughs> but most accounts that are, are social media based that we all follow and like, 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 love, 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 love are all looks centric. They are. What your home looks like 
which is a byproduct of your styling, how you style yourself, how you are an ornament, how you decorate yourself. It's all based on looks. All of those people have intrinsic value that we do not know. Mm-hmm. They're all amazing, valuable people, and we know nothing about them. We put all their value on their worth, and they are receiving all that acknowledgement for their worth and... For their outward image. Sorry. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. For their looks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, think of that. I think that is really a scary feeling because we've all, we've all felt it. If at some time in our lives we feel valuable for our looks and people are acknowledging that and liking it, it can go away at, at any moment. In fact, we're all going... In fact, we actually are all aging. Every single day, we age. <laughs> right. We have a baby, we gain weight, and maybe we're less than the media's ideal, like, what we should look like. That is social media in a nutshell. And so mm-hmm. it's no wonder why, right now, girls are so much more anxious and depressed and suicidal and have eating disorders because we're telling them that how many followers they have and how many people like like what they they look like Mm -hmm. is their worth. Mm -hmm. And that's scary to me. (laughs) It really just makes me really double down on the delaying of um, social media. If you look at, if I look at myself when I was 13 in -hmm. comparison to what girls look like now at 13 because the world is telling them telling them what they should look like. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know a clothing brand or a, and it's not because I don't like those things now. It wasn't my interest. It was no one was telling me who I should be or what I should look like based on how much they liked it. In fact, people, well, if your junior high experience was like mine, people were telling you, but it was at least only the people who you came in contact with during the day. Yes. Right. Physical contact. Yeah. Like I had a lot of people being like, I mean, I wore Doc Martens and they're not even comfortable. Like you guys know me. I don't (laughs) even, I don't even like shoes. And if I do wear shoes, they have to bend a lot. But Mm -hmm. like I was wearing these like thick shoes Mm -hmm. because they were Mm -hmm. people who in my circle said they were cool. Right. Right. But now imagine an entire world. In fact, I can hear Colin Karchner's voice in my mind he, mm-hmm. he just passed away this week guys and I'm so sad about it mm-hmm. but he on our interview said imagine being a teenager all the things that we experienced all that peer pressure all that desire to conform with just the humans that we interacted with which is dozens or hundreds depending on mm-hmm. how big your peer group was mm-hmm. but now millions mm-hmm. of right. people mm-hmm. on the interwebs mm-hmm. who in the scale of humanity you're seeing people who like I mean, you can make it so that you're only seeing like 0.0001% right. of people who look like this. But on your feed, it looks like everybody, everybody looks like this. Right. Right. And not only are they not just seeing it at school, now they can see that at home, mm-hmm. in yeah. their bed. Mm-hmm. They can see it at all hours of the yeah. day. Yeah. So it's not just like so, yeah. they get to come home and have a reprieve like we, the rest of us did when we got home from school. It's like if they have a phone, they're seeing it all the time. Yeah. Which and is I scary. think that's what's so important. Delay, delay, delay. If you ever give your kids, let your kids have social media. It's like scaring me now. And also creating that boundary of peace in your home. And it's modeling also where it's like, if we do have phones, we just all put them away. And we have 10 or 12 uninterrupted hours where people aren't telling us how to be. Yeah. I think that would be so freeing as a kid. And we all had that and took it for granted. But now they're performing all day. Yeah. You have to create that. And we need to protect it as the parents. We need to protect that space for them. Yeah. And I think the research is super clear. Colin shares this and all the research I've done. Teenagers, their brains are simply not developed enough to be able to handle social media. 
it's totally. it's too much mm -hmm. and we're seeing from suicide rates that it it's not working mm -hmm. so parents right. we have power take yeah. your power let's do this and i think the cool thing is is that it's it's not just moms um we've also talked about how important it is just like the men in our children's lives whether it's an uncle whether it's a father but then also the other women in our children's lives so aunts um like i i can think of like you think that your aunt is cool more than you'll ever think your mom is mm -hmm. cool and i think it's important to like realize that we have we also have influence on people that aren't just our kids and then recognizing like pulling in that for lack of a better word like the tribal the tri power mm -hmm. of your tribe Mm -hmm. To be able to, like, help your kids build this confidence. And especially with, again, with daughters, I think that um, influence that they get from other women mm -hmm. and seeing how other women see themselves or um, the type of praise, for lack of a better word, that they might get from other women, but also from men and how important that can be. I think back to, like, me growing up, um, I was so grateful that my dad, he was involved, but and he was so, yeah, he I definitely felt worth from him like mm -hmm. he valued me as a person he did see me as strong he saw me as all of these things and that was so helpful and mm -hmm. I think that we can we can pull on those influences for our own children um, whether you have whether your child's father is involved in your child's life or not mm -hmm. I think there are ways to pull in influences and power from from our tribe we all have a tribe and like pulling in on that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not minimizing the power you have to influence the people the kids in your own life who aren't your own children right exactly. it's huge mm -hmm. and as you were saying that Caitlin I was thinking to myself again I can I can hear some of you thinking right now so I didn't get that message from my dad right mm -hmm. our dad was pretty special yeah like he I don't know if any of my friends had a dad who gave the same message well nobody did because all dads are different but but I, as I grew up I realized that most of my girlfriends were not, they were either getting a super image-based view from their dads, like that he just like talked weirdly amounts about only mm -hmm. their looks, or no feedback at all really about them and they always questioned their worth. Or I had many friends also who had really toxic dads who actually just gave them the message over and over and over that they did need to stay small and that anything they did was too much. Mm -hmm. um, my mom got that message from her dad that anything she did was too much, too much emotion too much voice, mm -hmm. too much personality, too much strength, all of those things. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you might have had parents who told you all those things. So the question is, where do you start? If you, if you don't, if you didn't get the right tape as a kid, mm -hmm. right? If you, if your parents didn't give you the message mm -hmm. that you are worthwhile for who you are on the inside, not just who you are on the outside or the opposite of you hate who you are on the outside because your parents gave you negative uh, information about yourself, where do you start? And the tool I would say here is we as adults have the power to reparent ourselves. So it's recognizing the tape. So when I say tape, I just mean the thing that plays over and over in your head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The voice that you hear in your head saying you're not enough, you're undeserving, you're not beautiful. You will never, oh, this one. Oh my gosh, guys. I have somebody coming to my mind right now and it makes me so sad. An entire family that I love dearly. The memo was... You are never going to be lovable. You don't deserve a man who will actually cherish you, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe you had a mother who was treated badly by the man in her life, and somehow you internalize the message that you, therefore, never deserve a man who will respect you. And that memo is a really strong memo, right? It's hard to change. It's not hard, actually. No, it's not. 
is not hard, it just takes awareness. So my a tool here, if you wanna try it out, is you write down the tape, write down what memo, that voice is coming into your, set, your head, and you say to yourself, that was wrong that I got that message as a kid. It's not truth. I'm going to not let it, like I'm not gonna keep saying it to myself. Okay, so you write it down. This is the memo that I'm getting. Let's try on something else. So you write the opposite next to it. And a little exercise you can actually try doing that I think is super powerful. Take a few deep breaths so you can get into a relaxed state. I'm talking, this is easy, five deep breaths, okay? You picture yourself as a child in front of you. So you're actually picturing it and then you actually say the opposite. So you say to yourself as a five-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 16-year-old who was struggling with an eating disorder, right? You actually like look at her in the eyes with your mind and you say something like, you got the message that you were not small enough or you got the message that you didn't deserve love or you got the message that who you were wasn't right, that you had to be somebody else. And what I'm telling you now is that you are just who you're supposed to be because that is you. Mm -hmm. Or the size you were then, or the size, any size you ever are is worthy. Whatever it is, whatever the opposite of that negative memo you were receiving, you can actually tell yourself that. Imagine it, and then at the end, you end with, again, five deep breaths coming back. You can give that child a hug in your mind, but it is so healing to realize as an adult that you can go back and reparent yourself because the world is full of imperfect parents who sometimes maliciously hurt their children and sometimes, oftentimes, unintentionally really hurt their children. Mm -hmm. yeah. So identifying those tapes and trying on the other thoughts and actually going inside yourself, reparenting yourself, you have the power at any age you are. I don't care if you're 70 and you've already raised your kids and you have grandkids or you want to be able to have a conversation with your 50 year old child saying I want to redo this part mm -hmm. guess what we have that kind of power to we have a lot of we can't change past circumstances we sure can change a lot of things that are happening on the inside of us and the narratives that we're telling ourselves and the narratives we're telling other people and it all starts with us loving and accepting our worth in order for us to teach it to our daughters and our sons. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. Let's find the magic. For those of our listeners in Utah, which I know there are a lot, I wanted to share a super applicable resource, and that is Utah House Doctors. Um, you can find them at Instagram at Utah House Doctors or on their web website at utahousedoctors.com. Right now in this hot market, it seems like a lot of people are attempting to sell their homes on their own and they're missing out on selling their home at a much higher price as well as the marketing power of a real estate agent and website. Um, Utah House Doctors in Utah is one of the top sellers here and I can tell you from personal use that they are such an amazing team so many good resources and skill as well if you are looking to buy a home so I encourage you to check them out if you are in Utah that's utahousedoctors.com or on Instagram at utahousedoctors
Hey guys, it's Felicia. I just wanted to give a quick thank you to all of you who listen. I really feel inspired and close to our community. We got a new review this week, and it says, Ladies, I cannot tell you how much I look forward to each episode you produce. I love the truth you all share and real examples of how to begin and attain conscious parenting. I always walk away feeling inspired and ready to take on any task. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and truths. And I just have to say, it means so much to us when you guys leave reviews, not to mention helps us. So if you feel so inclined to leave a review, just open Find the Magic podcast in your podcast app. Scroll to the bottom of the page, click on write a review and tap the stars to rate us and give us some feedback. We love to go here to find questions for episodes and to connect with all of you on what you're wanting us to research and distill and share. It just really means so much and we make this podcast for you. So thank you all. Don't forget to hit send on your review. All right, let's find the magic. Bye.